I think Viking fans have become accustomed to playing a certain little game that I know I play this time of the year. And that is you watch the playoffs, especially the championship games, and you say, okay, how close are the Vikings to this level? And do they have anything in common with the teams that have reached this level? And I don't know what the answer is right now. Uh, I will say that I, I think that, uh, you know, if you can get to a Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts uh, in kind of his second year and his first year as really an advanced passer, if you can get to, uh, you know, if you can get to the NFC Championship game with, with Brock Purdy, that uh, certainly Kirk Cousins doesn't look too bad in comparison to those. You look at the receivers, Justin Jefferson's as good or better than anybody else. Dalvin Cook is as good or better than anybody else who's going to be playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, but it, it does highlight uh, two things about this current roster, John. Number one is uh, you got to have a good defensive coordinator, somebody who can make your defensive players better than they might actually be. And the other is you have to build roster depth it can't just be a couple stars it's got to be really deep rosters and that's that's what I especially get when I watch the Philadelphia Eagles play yeah absolutely I mean I think Howie Roseman their GM is one of the very best in the league at assembling talent and I think that one thing that both he and Les Snead um, with the Rams have done is understand that when the window opens it's time to go and so that's why he went out and got Indomitian Sue and, and Linval Joseph and a bunch of other vets to bolster that depth because he believed that this was a team that could win it. And those windows open and close very quickly in this league. And he's gone and, and, and done it. And I, I think that, you know, we look at this league in the way that it has evolved and really place a lot of emphasis on quarterback and on offense, as you said, but really the teams that are coming to the forefront and that are sustaining and lasting and there to the end are ones that figure out how to assemble defenses that can get a couple of stops here or there that can put pressure on the quarterback that can turn you over um and and flip games that way kansas city did it to joe burrow um uh philadelphia certainly did it to <laughs> the uh, five different quarterbacks that the that the niners had to to, to to trot out there um and and so at some point there has to be some resistance to the offensive machine and to the offensive league and both the eagles and the uh, the Chiefs did it. I think the Bengals had a great defense. The uh, Niners certainly had a great defense. And so that's going to be the key for the Vikings closing that gap going forward is huge strides with whatever, you know, the coordinator hire and with personnel to get to a point where you can rely on them to make some plays for you and get your offense in position to, to cash in on those. Let's go back to Roseman. I wrote about it in the Star Tribune. <clears throat> this is a guy who five years ago, he brings a team that, you know, it was a really interesting team. Uh, not only were they on their backup quarterback with Nick Foles, they also had not that many superstars, right? I mean, Zach Ertz is a really nice player. Was he a superstar? No. Alshon Jeffrey, really good player. Not a superstar. Uh, just kind of your average uh, collection of running backs. Uh, I guess their stars were, you know, the fact that they had such so many good linemen. Brandon, obviously, Cox and Graham are excellent players, but you know the 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 secondary 
uh, and the linebackers were not – you didn't look at that roster and, and feel overwhelmed. Oh, my God, this is one of the great teams of all time. And yet they destroyed the Vikings. They scored 38 points on the number one defense in the NFL. They go to the Super Bowl. They score 41 points on Bill Belichick and his defense. And they do enough to slow down Tom Brady uh, on a very good offensive team. Five Here we are five years later, four starters carry over from that team. Four starters. Uh both they've changed out starting quarterback, they've changed out backup quarterback, they've changed head coach, coordinators, all the secondary, all the linebackers, all their skill position players, uh, and all the running backs. And, and it's it's just proof that and this is Howie Roseman, who, by the way, took Jalen Rager instead of Justin Jefferson and had to get rid of Carson Wentz. So it just shows you that if you have the right talent accumulating skills. Not only can you rebuild quickly, you can rebuild and make mistakes and still rebuild quickly. Yeah, absolutely. I think the 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 league, the NFL has been proven to, I mean, we see it all the time, right? We see a four-win team jump up to 12 or 13 wins or, or even 10 or 11 wins. We see um, teams like the Rams who win a Super Bowl and then fall off quickly. This is a volatile uh, league because of the salary cap because of how your rosters are constructed, but it also, because of that volatility, means that if you are a well-managed franchise with a clear identity and a good eye for scouting talent, especially in the draft, that none of the lulls that you hit, none of the lows that come down have to be all that long because there's always an influx of talent coming in every year. Um, There is a way to maneuver around if you sign a bad a vet to a bad contract if you um if, if you make a mistake here or there to make sure that that isn't a mistake that haunts you for six or seven years it's one that can maybe hinder you for a year or two and so it there's just so many different mechanisms in the NFL to allow you to make up for blunders that happen and if you are a a front office like the Eagles, if you have a clear uh, identity like they do and, and you have a really sharp guy leading the way like Roseman does, that it's easier to follow the blueprint that you have going forward and replicate that um, than it is if you're an organization that is constantly turning over in the leadership positions, that is constantly um, you know, having new voices and different faces come and go. And so that's where, if you want to bring it locally to the challenge that Quasi Adolfo Mensa and Kevin O'Connell have, is to really start to dig in and and establish some sort of ethos and identity that can be built upon going forward for years and replicated. And that's the way that you can stay true to who you are and also sustain some success and whether the inevitable downturns that come in a salary cap uh, structured league like the NFL is. He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from The Star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our producer. This is TalkNorth.com. Go to TalkNorth.com. Check out all the other shows. When you find a show you like, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's the easiest way to listen. It is also absolutely free. Uh, We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. Thanks to our sponsors, Aquarius and 
TSR Injury Law, 612 TSR Time. Uh, thanks to everyone who listens to the network and the show. We do appreciate it. Also check out Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider if you want uh, the front office view of the Minnesota Vikings and the NFL. Uh, I continue to say I would love to see Brian Flores here as the defensive coordinator. I also admit that you never know where the next good coordinator is going to come from. It could be somebody that we haven't even thought of yet. Uh, what are your thoughts on the defensive coordinator search at this point? Yeah, I mean, what I always say is no one knew who Mike Tomlin was before yep. he came here, and he turned into a great, great uh, defensive coordinator. A lot of people knew who Ed Donatel was before he came here, and it didn't work out. So um, reputation or resume doesn't always guarantee success, but um, you, Brian Flores is super intriguing to me. I, I think he's a guy who's been in very successful systems, who is it does seem like he is a real um, no-nonsense guy. And, you know, when you look at the way that Kevin O'Connell leads overall, it would it be good to have another guy in there with a kind of a, a sharper voice sometimes? Maybe it would be. Maybe that would be beneficial. Um, but most of all, I look at a guy who had had success defensively with the Dolphins, um, certainly with New England, with uh, – with the uh, Steelers, um, I like a guy in good programs who seems to really get uh, what needs to be done on that end of the on on that side of the field. And so, um, I, I really like Brian Flores. I think that he would be a very intriguing hire, not only from a system schematic coaching talent perspective, but just from also a personality perspective and bringing you know some diversity of approach to what the Vikings do. And I think that he would absolutely inject some intensity and some uh, maybe pride into that defense and, and really challenge them. And maybe that's what they need right now. So uh, I would be all about uh, a Brian Flores hire, uh, but certainly if they do not go that direction and go with one of the other names that has been circulating that maybe isn't as well known, I am going to leave my options, my, my options open or my give the benefit of the doubt early just because of, I don't want to be a, um, I don't want to just be tied to a name and I want to, to, to see how it works out. All of that said, long answer longer. Um, I think Kevin O'Connell really has to get this right. Uh, this is important for him because the first person that he hired did not work out. And there might be many reasons for that. But whenever you have to fire someone after one year, that's a big time failure. And so he's got to find someone who comes in and can really dig in and be successful here for multiple years or be so good that he gets a head coaching job somewhere else. Like that's gotta be the thing going forward. The, uh, they, he can't afford another swing and a miss like it was with Donatel. No doubt about it. More on this in a moment. We do want to thank Aquarius Home Services. Scott here, your Aquarius Home Service oh, guy. Is this the year you're ready for worry-free water? Ready for spotless dishes and shower doors? Ready for worry-free drinking water? With on-demand efficiency, Kinetico fixes problem water. And as your independent authorized Kinetico dealer, Aquarius is offering $250 off a new non-electric Kinetico system when you trade in your old electric softener. Schedule your free water analysis today at KineticoMN.com. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended. 
John Krasinski obviously is also the star of the John Krasinski show here at talknorth.com. We have John on basketball. We have Jeff Diamond on the Vikings, Russo and LaPanta on the wild. We have Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal, myself on the twins. Uh, we have John Malay on preps, Mike Grimm on the Gophers, Dave Lee on all kinds of different stuff. Uh, Joe Anderson's Funhouse is now with us. We keep expanding. We have tons of outdoor content. We appreciate you listening and help us helping us grow our network. Uh, also, keep in mind, if you were ever injured, 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. They will take good care of you. Uh, ethical, successful representation. That's what you're going to want if you were ever unfortunate enough to need their services. 612-TSR-TIME. And once again, thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. The thing about this defense, John, is I know that they have aging players. I know they lacked speed. I know that they could probably use a little more, I don't know, whatever I say about them, I'm going to end up coming back and saying, couldn't have been that bad. I, I, I just can't believe that Harrison Smith mm. is that, you know, I, I can't believe that Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, Patrick Peterson, Daniil Hunter, Zadarius Smith, uh, you know, Harrison Phillips, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson. I can't believe that they were as bad as they were made to look last year. I think that's fair. I, I do. Um, especially, I think, with Kendricks, Jim. Um, yeah. He's been such a big playmaker his whole career, and everything looked so much worse with him, so much slower, sl- so much more. You know, uh, he was a meek player last year, and that's not been what Eric Kendricks has been the entirety of his career. Could he have lost a step in his eight with age and injuries? Yeah, absolutely. But it really did seem like he fell off a cliff. And so I do wonder if there was issues with scheme, issues with um, role, issues with kind of maximizing what they have in him. And, um, and you know, I think Harrison Smith had real good moments. Um, and, and, and so we saw some of the, Harrison Smith that we saw uh, that we've that we've been used to seeing last year. Um, Daniil Hunter came on late, uh, but what you know was slower early. Was that that could have been as much for um, as much for you know health reasons and coming back as anything else. Uh, they got it felt like they got a lot out of Zadarius Smith early before he hit the wall physically um, down the stretch. But yes, I, I I think it's fair to say or at least give really good players who have had a long track record, some benefit of the doubt that maybe it isn't just that they are old and are not capable of doing it anymore. Maybe they do need a different voice, a different vision, a different ability to play to their strengths versus maybe just like being dogmatic about whatever scheme changes that, both Donatel and O'Connell clearly were motivated to make. So I think we talked about Dalvin Cook last week, whether he should come back, what the circumstances could be. Let's talk about Adam Thielen this week. Uh, putting aside, you know, Minnesota loyalties and all those things, just looking at him purely as a football player at this stage of his career, do you want him back on the roster? Do you want him back at his current salary? Would he have to take a pay cut? What's your view of him? I mean, I, I I still have a great respect for Adam Thielen, and I think that he can still be an effective player. Um, it does not seem to be prudent for the Vikings 
to bring him back at the salary that he's going to commit that he that his contract deems for next season if they are going to use him in a way that they did last season, which was a like fourth option for most of the season. Um, You know, you have Hawkinson who really emerged as the number two option. KJ Osborne has come along. I'm sure, you know, they, they probably have some high hopes for Jalen Naylor and a few other, uh, you know, kind of younger legs on the team. And so my guess is, is that they would, um, my guess is that they would want Adam Thielen. If they want, if they're going to bring Adam Thielen back, they're going to want him at a pay cut. And the issue for time immemorial has always been players generally believe that they will take a pay cut to go elsewhere, but not to stay. And especially in Adam Thielen's case where, man, he's put a lot into this organization. He's developed into an, an excellent player, put up great numbers. Um, and maybe he still wants to have a bigger role um, on a team elsewhere. And, and so given, you know, some of the social media posts from his wife, Caitlin, um, it is clear that they seem to be believing that his days in Minnesota are numbered. And if that is the case, um, I don't believe that there's going to be much of an appetite for a restructure on his part, but you know, maybe they need to look at the the market and see what other options are out there. And maybe they'll find that they don't like the options that are available and they'll, and they'll come back here. But I think that it's sure all signs are pointing to that th- th- there might be a separation between the Vikings and Thielen, which would be unfortunate, but un- you know, that's the way that these things usually end toward the, toward the last year or two of a player's career. Yeah, and I do not begrudge him any decision he might no. make. If he can, I mean, if he can go make big money one more time, great. I think the way I view it, realistically, I don't see other teams paying a lot of money for someone who looks like he has lost a step and looks like he's more of a role player than every down threat. Uh, you know, Thielen just doesn't get open deep much anymore. He, you know, uh, an objective set of eyes came in and looked at him and said, okay, we, you know, we better get Hawkinson and we better develop Osborne because, you know, Thielen is not the explosive guy he once was. And I would also say that uh, Thielen, he owns and runs businesses here. He's beloved in this marketplace. You know, he, he can make money from uh, endorsements that he won't make in, uh, I guarantee he's not going to make in other markets. I think if everyone can get their pride settled down a little bit, it makes sense for him to be, third wide receiver, maybe fourth option, maybe fifth option, mentor, coach, goodwill ambassador. Uh, I certainly, again, I understand if he, if he gets a great offer someplace else that that erases all of this and just, he should just go. But if it's a, if it's an, a not great offer elsewhere or a not great offer here, I hope I, I would hope for his sake and the Vikings sake that he'd consider it. Yeah. I, th- I think that's well said, Jim. Um, you know, he has, I would say he's earned the right to make that decision on his own at this point with what he's done in his career um, and to, to survey the options that he has and, and then pay, pick you know, the best one that, that he fits. You're, you're totally right on. If he stays here, there are going to be better business opportunities. There's going to be more off the field chances for him to supplement his income. than let's say he goes to 
Cleveland or wherever else and 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 tries to find find it that way. But um, here's the one thing that is going to be different in terms of the way that we view what the Vikings do with this going forward is unlike the benefit of the doubt that we give, say, Eric Kendricks or Harrison Smith or some of the Vikings defensive players with long track records who may have just been in a bad either system or with a bad coordinator. I think that what Kevin O'Connell has shown as an offensive mind, as a way, as an, you know, as a coach who has an ability to maximize the talent that he has going forward. um, I think it's harder for Adam to say, if I'm in another system, it's going to be better for me. But, the only thing that could work out for him is that maybe he goes somewhere that does not have the depth of playmakers in the passing game that the Vikings seem to do to seem to have. And so they just need him more um, that that could be. But just in terms of system, in terms of offensive mind, in terms of having a really good quarterback to play with, like all of that is set up here for him to be successful and 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 to um, to be in a, in a in a place that will give him. A, a an opportunity to be really effective. So um, that's going to be the thing that he has to weigh going forward is he's, he played for a very good offensive mind with a quarterback who had a really good year in a system that is pass first. And so is there something better for him in terms of that going forward than there is here? That's going to be hard to say, but there might be a case of, a team Atlanta needs a uh, needs another receiver or something like that. And where he would have a bigger role that way. Um, so we'll have to see how that all shakes out. Yes. Uh, we'll talk, maybe we'll talk about Zedarius Smith next week. Um, we will next week talk more about the Super Bowl. Any, any other general thoughts after watching the championship games on Sunday? Yeah, I just, I mean, this is not breaking ground. I just hate it. I hate that the Kansas city game ended that way. Um, you know, the Bengals player pushes Mahomes. Uh, it was a clear penalty. Like he needed, they 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 needed to call that penalty. But um, for how well the Bengals played, for how really entertaining that game was, I think it deserved to go to overtime and see Mahomes and Burrow just keep duking it out that way versus um, uh, just a, a big big mistake by the linebacker. Um, you know, giving Mahomes a late shove out of bounds and and really pushing that into a makeable category. I was hoping the Bengals were going to win. I'm a, I'm a Burrow guy, but I still think that Chiefs Eagles as a Super Bowl is going to be a really good one. It will be. And, and as you said, I, I was disappointed that it ended that way as well. You want to see the, the great quarterbacks have to shoot it out, not to have it to be decided by not only a penalty, but by a field goal. Uh, the other game was it just such, I mean, the 49ers, I just love the way they go for it, right? They traded yeah. up to get trade Lance. They ended up making it work with Brock Purdy. They bring back Jimmy Garoppolo. They, you know, they, there was a team that replaced Alex Smith, who was going to NFC title games with Colin Kaepernick, and that came within one pass of winning a Super Bowl. They trade for Ed Mc, I'm sorry, for Christian McCaffrey at midseason, and he has a great season for them. They're a blast to watch. I just hate hate that the injured quarterbacks uh, made that turn that game into a nothing game. And I'll also say this, and not and listen, the quarterback injuries suffered by the 49ers had nothing to do with late hits or or extra no. violent acts, but it does to me highlight why 
the NFL is so right in protecting quarterbacks. If you don't have great quarterbacks on the field, it's not that good a sport. Yeah, absolutely. Because that the, that game, those teams were so evenly matched in a vacuum. Um, it it had the it had the makings of what would have been an epic confrontation. Um, that, but it just it was rendered irrelevant by the injuries that happened. And yeah, like you said, you, you just hate it because I really think that the viewers, the fans were really robbed of the chance for a very, a super entertaining game, something that would have been uh, just, you know, incredibly compelling. I would have loved to see Brock Purdy go against Jalen Hurts and see if they could have made a few more plays that way and go down. And instead it turned into a, just a, ugh, you know, kind of a laugher because Literally, they the Niners had no one who could throw a football, and um, it's a brutal sport. It's too bad that it happened that way, and I wish we would have seen both teams more at full strength because I think it would have been just a a huge battle all the way to the end. No doubt. Thanks to John. Thanks to Brandon. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week on the Viking Update Show.